Pastor Xavier Reese with these words about the power behind the preaching of the gospel. D.L. Moody said, The Bible without the Holy Spirit is a sundial by moonlight. That's good. The Comforter is the Holy Spirit that teaches the believer all things as well as bringing them to our remembrance. All things Jesus has said, John 14, 26. The Christ-centered, Spirit-empowered gospel. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Policies, rules, regulations, and warnings. We have a way of complicating things to the point that even a simple child's toy these days comes with a convoluted manual dictating obscure legal liabilities. Even religion can be as confusing. That is, unless you know the simple truth. Let's listen as Pastor Xavier helps clear things up as he brings us the threefold manner of preaching the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we're going to look at the entire chapter. The mystery of preaching is the title. Notice verse 1, the Apostle Paul preached a gospel pure in content. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come to you with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. Paul preached the gospel, which is the testimony of God. Mark it well. They're still in verse 1. Paul determined to know only Jesus Christ and him crucified. His name means Yahweh, his salvation. 27 times in this letter, he will, his name will appear. Do you think 1 Corinthians is about Jesus? <laughs> that their faith should be in the power of God to make his gospel alive, to convict them of sin and see the love of God. The word faith has a definite article indicating that their faith or their belief was based on the benefits of Christ crucified. Solely on that. Galatians 3.1 says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Who has moved you away? Why would you go somewhere else? When you've come to the Lord and Savior Christ, the proclamation of the gospel was unadulterated in the power of the gospel, the power of God. Notice, secondly, six through nine, the presentation of the gospel, what he preached. In verse six, the apostle Paul preached the wisdom of God, not of this world. Paul and the other apostles spoke the wisdom of God as those who are mature believers, mark that well. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Paul, using the plural pronoun now we, is saying that he and those who were preaching Christ were aged, mature believers, grown up, mature, developed in the faith. You need to make sure you're grown, mature, and developed in your faith. When the child is 10 years old, you want him to act 10 years old, not 15. If he's 15, you don't want him to act 10. You as a believer, if you're 10 years in Christ, you need to grow, develop, and be mature for that age. That's your responsibility through the Word of God, through prayer, through involvement, through being a witness for Christ wherever he puts you. Paul is referring directly to himself and the two other men who were chosen to divide the church in party splits, Paul, Apollos, and Cephas. Peter. 
The Corinthians, in contrast, were acting as mere infants in Christ in view of their divisions and their quarrels, as chapter 3, verse 1 through 3 tells them. He calls them carnal, even based in Christ, as natural people, though they had been born again. They were allowing the culture of Corinth to be brought into the church. Paul did not speak the wisdom of the sinful world and rulers, which are temporal. Mark it well. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. The word age, aeons, means this fallen world's wisdom, which is ever-changing, updated, corrected, and today's wisdom is tomorrow's stupidity. They invent some new medicine. Five years down the road, your head falls off, and now you got a lawsuit. You ever hear some of these commercials? Lunesta. Oh, and they have these little birds flying around. They tell you, oh, it's this and that. You'll be able, no problem, this and that. He said, by the way, if you have thoughts of suicide, this and that, and if, you know, your, your ears start falling off, you get up, your foot's on the bed, you know, call. <laughs> Where can I get this stuff? <laughs> the wisdom of man is killing us. Chapter 3, verse 18, he says, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become What? Why? I never became so smart as when I repented and came to Christ. I was the epitome of stupidity, thinking I was bad and cool and knew what I was doing. The message of wisdom he was proclaiming was from heaven. The rulers were the men who were in the positions of authority and influence, who set the standards of truth and so-called wisdom of the world by the institutions of higher learning. Look to our universities today. They were great at one time when they had godly men behind there. Most of the colleges were started by Christians, the universities. Then pagans take them over. The rulers who thought the message of Jesus was foolish instead of wisdom. In the days of Jesus, it was Pilate, Herod, Caiaphas, to mention a few. Look at seven. The Apostle Paul preached the wisdom of God prepared from eternity. Here's the grace of God, the love of God. But we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Paul declared the gospel was a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God. The wisdom of God hidden in times past and made known now in the age of grace was the gospel of Jesus Christ. It wasn't clearly seen in the Old Testament. Now it's clearly seen. It's not a mystery. It's not hidden. In fact, this mystery that was kept secret was that both Jew and Gentiles were going to be one in Christ Jesus. In fact, God told Abraham when it wasn't so clear, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed, Jew and Gentile. Notice Paul declared the gospel. Mystery was ordained before the ages for our glory. God in his infinite knowledge, knowing the end from the beginning, was fully aware of the fall of Adam. It did not take him by surprise. God also prepared the redemption of man before all the ages of man by the substitutionary death of Jesus, who was delivered by the determinate counsel for knowledge of God, then man took him, crucified him, and slew him. Acts 2.23 says, here again, the decrees of God. God said that this would happen. 
Now look at verse 8 and 9. The apostle Paul preached the wisdom of God that could not be understood by man. The evidence that this gospel has been revealed but still not, cannot be understood by man's wisdom is epitomized in the fact that the rulers of the day crucified the Lord of glory, Jesus Christ. Look at verse 8. Which none of the rulers of the age knew, for had they known him, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So the guy's going to say, hey, don't touch him, dude. That's he's God. You can't do that intellectually. Jesus took his disciples, the sister of Philippi, and says, now who do men say that I am? Say, you're Elijah, you're John the Baptist, you're this, you're the prophet. They say, okay, but who do you say that I am? Peter says, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed thou art, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood is not revealed to you by my Father in heaven. Well, the very next instance, Jesus says, I'm going to Jerusalem to die. Peter says, over my dead body. And he says, get thee behind me, Satan. Whoa. One thousand of a second I can receive from God, but if I don't stay in the spirit, I'm a natural man. I think I know better. The message was foolishness to them, chapter 1, verse 18 says. Oh, you mean God came down and he died as a man, but I don't want to wake God like that. I want to conquer God. Like, I can't. That's foolish. The foolishness of the message preached was God's way to save man, chapter 1, verse 21 said. Not the preaching of foolishness, but foolishness of preaching. The content that God emptied himself of his glory, took on a form of a servant and humbled himself even to obedience to the death of the cross. Rejected. Stupid. Look at nine. The reason was that they were spiritually dead. But it is written, eye has not seen or ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. The quotation is from Isaiah chapter 64 verse 4 and 65 17 that no one has ever seen heard thought or known um, about God or the things of God unless he uh, reveal himself or the things about himself God cannot be found you can't go out God God where are you no he reveals himself he gives you general revelation, creation, conscience, and history. Then he gives you special revelation which can save you, the proclamation of the gospel. You're without excuse by general revelation, creation, conscience, and history. You're accountable by the gospel. If you're born into this world, you will have an opportunity before you die. If you don't have at least one opportunity, then God has to be unjust. I don't know how, when, where, or how, but you will have an opportunity before you die. And you're going to make the choice where you're going to spend eternity by your response to the gospel. Now, these three senses, sight, hearing, and thought, are the ways man learns many things, but not the things of God. But God can open the eyes, ears, and thoughts of man to reveal himself through the openness to the gospel message of salvation. The verse is usually taken to mean future things in heaven. But the context is for the one who opens his or her heart to be saved. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered the heart of things, like things that God has prepared for those who love him. Here and now, not later. I won't need them later. It's for here and now. God reveals the things of redemption to, he has prepared for those who love him by responding to the gospel through repentance of their sins. 
God reveals his will and purposes for the believer throughout his life as he walks, abides, and depends and grows in Jesus Christ, looking for him. You understand? Hmm. The minister of the gospel must not be afraid of conflict with the wisdom of the world. Gregory the Great said, quote, God first gathered the unlearned, afterwards philosophers. Nor has he taught fishermen by orators, but has subdued orators by fishermen. The book of Acts says, and they noted that they had been with Jesus, though they called them unlearned men. Listen, if you've been with Jesus, you are not unlearned or uneducated. Trust me. <laughs> have you ever shared the gospel with some of your friends and loved ones only to have them think that you have lost it? Maybe you were one of those persons that went from thing to thing. They say, well, you know, he's just into this and he'll be gone again. And sometimes that does happen. So make sure you don't give people double vision. You make sure your life is one with your words. Don't let them see double. When they accuse you falsely, Peter says that then you're to live in such a way to prove them wrong. The intellectual ability of man has nothing to do with his ears, heart, and mine for the things of God. To understand it has everything to do with the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit of God for the glorious gospel to remove the spiritual blindness that is placed there by the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Titus 3, 5 says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. The presentation of the gospel was by the wisdom of God. Notice thirdly, 10 through 16, the illumination of the gospel, how he knew what he knew. In verse 10 and 12, the apostle Paul declared the Holy Spirit revealed to him the things of God. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. God has revealed through his spirit, notice to Paul, and the others, us, and that includes every believer, the things he had prepared for those who love him, beginning with salvation. The Spirit searches all, all the things of God. All things, not some things, all things. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He's all-knowing. The Holy Spirit searches, which means to examine into all the things of God due to the fact that he's God. He knows all things, all three persons all. Are all knowing. They can't learn nothing. They can't diminish their understanding, their knowledge. They're God. Now, the Spirit searches, notice the profound things of God. Yes, the deep things of God. His plans, His purposes, His will for your life and mine were different. His searching out is not to know, but to reveal, for He is all knowing as the third person of the Trinity. Look at 11. The Apostle Paul illustrated. That point that only God can reveal himself and the things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So Paul declared that only another man can reveal the things of man due to the fact that all men have the same fallen nature. You've been around long enough that you know how man is, how he thinks, what he's capable of, so you, you, you understand that as a human being. Okay? It's simple. But immediately... Paul makes the contrast here 
Notice, even so no one can reveal the things of God except the Spirit of God, for he is a man. So, like you and I can understand certain things about us, that men lie, that men can deceive you, and sometimes men can do some good things. We understand we're human, right? So we can understand how man works. Well, here now, God only knows the things of God. No one else. Only the Spirit of God has the insight into the things of God. Look at 12. The Apostle Paul makes the personal application here to himself and the other apostles, and that applies to us also. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. They had not received the Spirit of the world. They were born into that world. That Spirit cannot reveal to us the things of God. You can be religious, but not born again. But rather the Spirit from God to know the things that have been freely given to them by God. To who? To those who are born again. Those whose eyes have been opened. Those whose lives have been transformed. Now notice 13 and 14. The Apostle Paul declared the Holy Spirit was speaking through Paul the things of God. The words Paul and the others were speaking were not taught to them by man's wisdom, but by this very same Holy Spirit. These things we also speak not in words of man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. That is why Paul and the apostles were speaking wisdom among those who were mature spiritually through the same spirit. Verse back in verse 13 here in the beginning and then back in verse 6. The Holy Spirit is the teacher of man pertaining to the things of God. No one else. I'm articulating words, but only God can make them alive to you, and only you can understand them in the spiritual sense what what they mean, because you have the mind of Christ, you have the spirit of Christ, you have the word of God, right? So you can examine to find out if I'm teaching right or not. You have the same Bible. I don't have anything over on you. The Holy Spirit teaches by comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Notice that. This means that he being God and knowing the mind of God makes the word of God alive by his illumination. He turns that light on. The word compare means to join together and compare and interpret. The Spirit of God was joining the Old Testament scriptures to the New Testament revelation and interpreting their fulfillment and confirmation. Listen, when Paul was writing this, he was using the Old Testament. There was no New Testament. This means the Holy Spirit of God verifies and confirms his word in harmony with his plan of salvation and the whole counsel of God without confusion or contradiction. The Holy Spirit was the other comforter, just like Jesus was going to be sent by the Father and the Son in John 14, 16. Now notice 14. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. But the natural man does not receive things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, nor can he know them, because what? They are spiritually discerned. So the natural man is the unsaved person. The things of the Spirit are foolishness to him, and they are not understood by him being spiritually dead. They are spiritually discerned. The word discern means to investigate or scrutinize. The natural man cannot because he or she has not the Spirit of God. We used to be there. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you're there right now. And God is attempting to show you your need of Christ because you're a sinner. And he can forgive you of your sins through Christ Jesus. Notice 15 and 16, the apostle Paul declared then the Holy Spirit was illuminating Paul 
in the things of God. In 15, Paul was a spiritual man, judging all things to God's word, the gospel, and divine wisdom. But he, who is spiritual, judges all things. Paul's preaching could not be judged by a natural man, for he could not know them. Yet he himself rightly is rightly judged by no one. You can judge the non-believer and realize he's dead by his speech, but when he hears you speak and he concludes that you're crazy, he's wrong. He thinks you've lost your mind. The word judges is the same as discern in the previous verse, and it means to investigate in a forensic way as a judge would investigate. The word is used of the Bereans and spiritual man constantly investigating to find out if those things are so in Acts 17, 11. Now notice 16, Paul concludes that no one has ever known the mind of the Lord or in order to instruct him, but he certainly can receive from him for the believer has the mind of Christ. What an incredible truth. The quotations from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 13. It says, who has directed the spirit of the Lord or who or as his counselor has taught him? No one. <laughs> You're going to teach God? <laughs> the amazing miracle we have, the mind of Christ. You know what our problem is? We don't put it on. Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus, who didn't take a robbery to be equal with God, but he emptied himself, not of his deity, his glory, and he took on the form of a servant and humbled himself and was obedient to the death of the cross. And for that reason, a name has been given to him above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Wow. God empties him, comes down, washes feet, dies to pay the price for our sin. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Let's put on the mind of Christ. Wow. D.L. Moody said, the Bible without the Holy Spirit is a sundial by moonlight. That's good. The comforter is the Holy Spirit that teaches the believer all things as well as bringing them to our remembrance. All things Jesus has said, John 14, 26. The men of old spoke as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit of God. They didn't speak of their own impulse or origin. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, so that what you possess in your lap is the inerrant and infallible word of God. God's revelation of himself. Paul's prayer to the Ephesians, listen carefully, Ephesians 1, 18 and 19. He prayed that the rise of their understanding be enlightened. They might know what is the hope of their calling and were the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, and what was the exceeding greatness of his power towards those who believe according to the working of his mighty power. That is God's will for your life and mine. From the first day I accepted him in 73 to 38 years later, I'm still in process. I still have to do this. The illumination of the gospel was through the Holy Spirit of God. Paul's reminder to the Corinthians about the gospel he had preached to them at Corinth. The proclamation of the gospel was unadulterated in the power of God. The presentation of the gospel was by the wisdom of God. And the illumination of the gospel was through the Holy Spirit of God. He's bringing them back to a Christ-centered, spirit-empowered gospel 
that will radically change people. Don't mess with it. Leave it alone. Just proclaim it. You don't defend a lion. Just open the cage. Let him out. Pastor Xavier Reese with an invitation for you too to come to the knowledge of the truth. And you can request a copy of today's challenging study called The Mystery of Preaching, available as always on CD for just $4. And this message contains everything Pastor Xavier shared the last minute together as well. Now the title to ask for once again is The Mystery of Preaching, or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you do get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 